2: Go to yakgadget.com. Pelican Cases, coolers, and Light. Go to pelican.com. And the 153 Bait Company. For all your hard, and soft, plastic bait needs, go to the 153angler.com. Now let's talk about some awesome products. It's Brian Schiller, everybody. What's up, Brian? Yay! What up? Welcome back to the final cast, my
1: man. What's up? Not much, man.
2: Yeah? Yeah? How was your uh, tree stand uh, soiree this evening?
1: (laughs) Uh, It was pretty uneventful. Uh, Saw some squirrels. No. Some birds. The 200-pound squirrels? What I call them.
2: Yeah. when you're in the dead of the woods and you don't hear anything and those squirrels sound like they weigh 200 pounds when they come through the the woods.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, interesting. I shot a, I shot a doe last Friday.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, when this airs, it'll be two Fridays ago. You killed Bambi's mom. Yeah, I did. I did. But, uh, it was interesting because I saw her coming out off this creek and uh, all of a sudden there were like two squirrels like fighting it. and I saw the same two squirrels in the same spot tonight like running back and forth, cackling, and I thought for sure they'd scare her away and she made a beeline right for my tree. So it was pretty interesting.
2: Heck yeah. Yeah, man. So you got some meat coming? Some You got some processing going on?
1: yeah yeah i use a local processor here that does a really good job and make sure you get your meat back and not you know like the big thing with processors is is um you know some of them will take all your trimmings weigh how much it is and then they'll mix it in with like 20 other people's trimmings and then grind it all up uh, where this guy does each deer individually so you know you're getting your meat back which is super nice especially like if you have a guy that brings a deer in and maybe like it's rotten or it got gut shot or you know whatever like i mean i've gut shot a couple deer and like never really tainted the meat as long as you clean it out really well and um you know, take the precautions, but not everybody does that. So, um, yeah, he does a great job. I was actually talking to the wife. Uh, we might try some, uh, new stuff that, um, he's offering this year, which is cool. Like in the past, I've gotten summer sausages made. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would hand them out as like Christmas gifts. I would go up to Wisconsin, get blocks of cheese, have the venison summer sausage, and then kind of give that as Christmas gifts. Well, I never really kept any for myself, yeah. so I might do that because um, she likes summer sausage and uh, bratwurst. He makes bratwurst, too, um, and a couple other things. two so meats, bro. Yeah, you know me, dude. You know me. Uh, he does hot dogs, too, so I could send you some so you can make some chili dogs. I know yeah. you've been on that kick, but, uh, uh, um, yeah, I'm going to experiment this year because I got – geez so i punched one tag and i got six more so you know i don't think i'll fill all of them but if i do like usually i try to get at least three deer um Mm -hmm. a year for the family and i'll give a little bit of meat away and stuff to like my folks and like close friends my brother like things like that but um usually if i get over that threshold and I'll reach out to some of my friends and just be like, Hey, what do you want? Cut wise? Do you want, you know, snack sticks, things like that. And they'll order it up and, you know, they just pay for it. And, you know, that's a great thing about hunting is just being able to share the fruits of nature. You know what I mean? Right. So, So I'm
2: going to expect some, I told you already, jalapeno, cheddar, summer sausage. So we have a process. The snack
1: sticks. Yeah. 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 No, this
2: is summer sausage, the big one. Yeah,
1: he does those, too. He does those, too. so
2: good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he does his snack sticks as well, and I would get them all the time before. And last year, I didn't, just because, like, I had taken a Brit. Like, the last time I bought deer tags was 2015. Mm -hmm. And then last year, Jay wanted to get into hunting. And, like, I'm running them through all this stuff, and, like, I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Like, I should just go hunt with you. Like, he does have some private land, like that uh, uh, fish and hunt club he belongs to. Yeah. So he could do that. But um, I've been hunting all public land, and uh, I really enjoy it. Like, there, there's there been a stigma around public land for many years, I think. Um, and now I just – I love it, man. I love it just because there's so much of it um, – a lot in Wisconsin, um, which I've learned. And then uh, there's some really good chunks of land out on the western part of Illinois um, that me and Jay put a lot of time into last fall. Um, so, you know, Jay kind of re-sparked that that uh, passion, you know, last year when. You know, he's drilling me with questions and stuff, and I love teaching people that stuff, man. Just like fishing, you know. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, hunting special. You know, it's it's basically three three and a half months out of the year, whereas like you can fish all year round. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um. So it's kind of a special special thing, you know. Heck yeah, man. I'm glad to see you back out there, and that's yeah. a good
2: intro because we brought Brian onto the final cast to talk about hunting out of the kayak, because I know yeah. you got to do some, and I know uh, Brad hold us, is into it, and so I wanted to kind of get you on to talk about what you did this year to set up the kayak or what your future plans are. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know how long, what how long is waterfowl season last for you guys?
1: So um, waterfall season in Wisconsin. Well, I think it's all of the states. And this is interesting because we just did a podcast uh, on the OG show with Punisher Waterfall. Mm-hmm. And those guys are in Canada. And their season is like four months long, I think they were mm-hmm. saying. Three or four. And um, in the states, it's 60 days. So like... This week, like it, so you do get an early goose season, um, and duck, um, everybody knows what a Canadian goose is. So you get, uh, I think it's like seven, seven days. Is that early goose? And then I think it was seven, seven days for early teal. And then, um, like I do a lot of duck hunting in Wisconsin. I do not do it in Illinois because the way that um, they offer it on public lands, like it's a lottery system and you got to draw a permit for a certain day and blah, blah, blah. Pain in the butt. Whereas Wisconsin, you go to the marsh, you show up and you go out and hunt. It doesn't matter who's there, whatever. Um, And there's a lot of them, but um, they split the state in half um, because ducks are migratory birds So, like, northern Wisconsin opener was, like, that last weekend in September. And then southern Wisconsin opener was the first weekend in October. And then we had, like, a full week. And then it just closed Monday through Friday. And it opens back up Saturday. And that's to a lot for the 60-day season. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it's kind of goofy the way, like, they do it but there's a reason why yeah um which obviously gives you more weekend days rather than weekdays um but um i went up with brad for the northern opener uh we shot some wood ducks and some mallards and then uh the southern opener didn't go that great for like opening morning and then uh i drove around did a bunch of scouting And we found a little little wood duck hole on uh, on a creek and shot a couple there, too. So, um, yeah, it's cool. And, you know, ducks, there's many different species of them. And, Mm. you know, they migrate down and in in waves out of Canada. So, you know, like right now, wood ducks like warmer temperatures. Um, So we're seeing a lot of those. You are seeing some mallards around, but, you know, you'll get into gadwalls and things like that um, as the season progresses. But, um, you know, as far as a kayak goes, I mean, where do you want to start there?
2: But tell me what you're uh, hunting out of and, uh, you know, let everybody know what you, what you decided to hunt out of this year. And we'll, we kind of touched on this a little bit when I had you on talking about uh your new canoe so we obviously sure. know you got a new canoe uh, yeah but what what boat did you pick and are you camoed up what are you doing so far
1: yeah so last year um i duck hunted out of the uh, new canoe pursuit this year uh, definitely in the unlimited um you know new canoes been doing um a pretty decent sized push For kayak hunting in general, whether it be waterfowl, deer, you know, hogs down south, things like that, like, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm hunting a lot of public land. So accessing public land by water versus the road, you know, normally you got, you know. Certain entrances, only certain ways to get in to access that public land. Well, if you can come in the backside and say there's other guys hunting, well now they're pushing deer back towards you. Um, or sometimes it's just a stealth approach. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you can you can be super sneaky coming in off the water versus, um, you know the, uh, you know the main. Access, so to speak, but um, so uh, New Canoe actually partnered up with Mossy Oak this year. So, um, New Canoe's always offered a duck blind and it was just a general camo pattern. Um, but the new uh, Mossy Oak is in uh, shadow, shadow blade grass, Mm -hmm. I believe that's the proper terminology. So, I'll pull up a picture here. So, that's the duck blind bear, um, out of the box. So, you know, the biggest thing when you're duck hunting is trying to conceal yourself, you know, in the marsh, whatever, you know, marsh grass, uh, on the bank of the river, whatever it may be. So that way you're kind of hidden and, you know, there's guys that, you know, have duck boats and John boats and things like that, that they duck hunt out of. Well, those things are a lot harder to hide in that marsh grass compared Mm -hmm. to a canoe. Right. A canoe or kayak or whatever. Um, and I believe it's I was talking about this on uh another podcast, uh John Graves or not John Graves, uh John Raps podcast, the Rusty Hook uh, kayak fishing podcast. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's Yak Gear makes a duck blind, and I believe it's specifically for um Feel freeze, but I, I have a feeling like you can use it on other kayaks as well. Um, but there are a couple manufacturers that are out there that do make duck blinds for, you know, uh, just like a one size fits all for kayaks and stuff, mm-hmm. um, which are great. Uh, don't get me wrong. Um, you can use like a, a burlap, a camouflage burlap um, to cover yourself up, things like that. Um, so let me, I'll pull up another picture, but, uh, you know, I personally, um, Brad Hurlboss turned me onto this synthetic grass. Um, I know it sounds goofy, but, um, it's almost like a, uh, plastic, but it looks like real grass. And, uh, I use that to, uh, kind of do a base layer, um, on my, uh, blind here it is here for those listening on the podcast sorry guys but um, you know you kind of zip tie that stuff to those um little loops and stuff that were on the blind mm-hmm. um in that first picture and uh it kind of helps conceal you in however um let me see if i got yeah this one here it's still sharing this right yeah Um, so you can see that was one side got, got done and the other side's done now. But, um, one key thing you want to carry with you that I learned from Brad was a, uh, a machete. So when you're going into these marshes and you're trying to tuck your kayak in, you want to use some of the natural habitat around you too. So you, uh, carry machete with you and you know, chop up some of the natural forage around you and kind of lay that over the top of your blind or, you know, stick it into that, you know, fake grass that you already have. And, uh, it just helps, helps hide you better. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, ducks have the brain of size of a pea, but they can see all kinds of stuff, man. And if you stick out, they are not coming in, they'll flare and go the other direction and things like that. So, um, yeah, so that's that's the kayak setup. You know, I'm using the new canoe unlimited with the new mossy oak blind, and I actually have another one. Uh, new canoes doing a limited edition um, with the mossy oak partnership. Um, one is shadow blade grass, which I know Brad has has on order. I think his is supposed to be ready next week, and I have the bottomlands edition which is a camo pattern by mossy oak so they kind of try to do the plastic blends to replicate the camo patterns which is kind of cool so i got the uh the um not the shadow grass the badlands pattern um and that's supposed to be ready next week as well so i'll have two two unlimiteds um one I'd want to keep kind of set up for fishing and that's the one I kind of have dressed up in those photos, but the, uh, limited edition will be like the strictly hunting kayak or, you know, buddy kayak to go out fishing, you know, things like that. But, um, um, you know, it's, it'll, it'll be nice to have both. So I have duck blinds for each one. So like Jay right now, right. I just got off the phone with him. He's moving to Tennessee, this weekend he's going down there to drop a bunch of stuff off at his new house, and some of those things are his kayaks. So he's like, "Man, I'm not going to be able to duck hunt." And I was like, "Well, if I get that other boat early enough, like, you know, I'll have a spare boat, dude. Come on, duck yeah. hunt." You know. So again, it's that you know teaching people people how to hunt. Man, I love I love doing that because you know I didn't get into hunting till like my late twenties. And uh, I had a mentor that took me under his wing, a good friend of mine, Scott Pers. you know, taught me a lot about walleye fishing and just fishing in general, ice fishing. Um, and, you know, he was deer hunting some property that uh, my parents were living on. And, you know, he had asked me about it. Um, and I'm like, I'm sure my folks wouldn't mind, you know, he's just mm-hmm. bow hunting, you know. And then I was like, man, I've always like had an interest for that, like shot bows and stuff as a kid, and like boy scouts and shit like that. But um, he took me under his wing. I bought a cheap used bow off of Craigslist, shot it a bunch, you know, told me what to, you know, look for, aim for, how to track a deer after you shot it, things like that. Like my <laughs> my. My first deer I shot, like, this is a great story and a great learning experience. Like, um, it was my first ever sit in a tree stand and I had four does come in behind me. And at the time I was in like a two man ladder stand that I had bought and, uh, I had shot the one and Scott's like, you know, he heard him crash through the woods cause he was on the other side of the woods about. I don't know, 150 yards away or something. And uh, he came over to my tree after it got dark and he's like, what'd you shoot? I was like a doe. And he's like, where'd you shoot it? And I'm like, I don't know, center of the body. Like, you know, and um, I ended up gut shot in that deer. And, you know, a big saying in hunting is when in doubt, back out. And we started to track it and the blood was just not looking like it was you know through the vitals so you know we backed out i didn't sleep all night because i was worried that i just like botched this deer on my first sit and all this stuff Mm -hmm. next morning we go back and we found it 30 yards from where we had left off and you know she had uh passed away over the evening um Found it. No coyotes got to it, which was great. But, you know, it was one of those things like you got to pay attention to where that arrow smacks your deer, things like that. Like I just experienced that this past Friday um, when I shot that doe, like it was getting to the end of shooting light. I had shot the deer, but as soon as I hit her, she took off running and she was quartering away from me. So basically that means she was facing away from me slightly, slightly angled Mm -hmm. and I knew I hit her. I just wasn't sure where, but the way that she was angled away, that arrow, you know, you kind of aim for the center of the body because it's going to go forward into the body cavity and, you know, hit lungs, heart, things like that. So, um, Jay was actually coming out to my house this past weekend to, to go out deer hunting, and uh, I came back home, picked him up. We went back up there. We had tracked blood, tracked blood, and then, like, kind of lost it. And mind you, we're in the middle of like the forest at like 10 o'clock at night. Super hard to track it. Like, the blood trail wasn't super great because I had hit her up high. Mm-hmm. So, like, in, in the arrow had lodged in her, like, we had found the arrow that night and it was good blood um definitely hit lungs because there was bubbles in the blood things like that so um when you do that like the the chest cavity got to fill up full of blood before it starts pouring out so it's kind of hard to track a deer you know that way because there isn't a ton of blood coming out till that fills up so you know i was like you know what dude like we just need to back out of here We'll go back to my house. We'll go hunt in the morning. We'll come back, you know. We'll hunt for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, because it was going to be cool overnight, mm-hmm. and then we'll come back here. And it sure as I'll get out, like we're walking in the woods. Jay's like blood right here. We found that deer in ten minutes, you know, and we probably walked past it three times that night, <laughs> uh, not knowing it. But that's the thing, you know. Like when in doubt, back out. Sorry, I know I went down like a. A rabbit hole with that but um uh, you know getting back to uh you know the kayak hunting like it's just super unique. like if you've never waterfowl hunted like waterfowl is something i've always wanted to do and uh brad hurlboss again like i think the biggest thing you could probably take away from this episode is if you want to get out there and hunt get out there and hunt like find somebody that can be a great mentor to you and teach you the right things and you'll have the time of your life and then you'll start going out there doing it yourself and all those good things well waterfowl like never knew anybody that waterfowl hunted uh you know i've been friends with brad and he had invited me up last uh summer he was like yeah dude you should come up duck hunting i was like hell yeah i've always wanted to do that like heard it's a great time, you know? Um, and that's the thing too, like duck hunting versus deer hunting is completely different. Like duck Mm -hmm. hunting, you could hunt with your buddies, you can talk. Um, you know, we always make the letter Kenny reference. We could smoke some darts, you know, and, (laughs) uh, you know, just have a good old time. It's, it's really fun. And it's, it's a style of hunting you could do with with friends and, you know, conversate and hang out while you're waiting for these birds to come in. Um, whereas deer hunting is kind of solitude. Like, you know, yeah, I've, I've gone out in the field with Jay to like first couple of times, like hunting public land, show him what he's looking for, things like that. You know, there's a whole strategy that I have on hunting public land. So, you know, yeah, you could do a little bit of that, but you know, deer are very weary from scent and sound. So, like if you're talking, like we're talking, a deer ain't coming anywhere near you. You know, right. um, you're whispering most of the time, just being super quiet. So, I mean, I really like deer hunting because you could it, it's solitude, man. You can kind of grab your thoughts, be by yourself. You know, out in out in the woods, and it's you know very peaceful. Um, whereas duck hunt, man, is just a blast, you know, like mm-hmm. Brad, Brad brings his dog along with too. Sometimes she'll retrieve the birds and, you know, we're just sitting there, you know, BSing the whole time while we're waiting for birds to come in. But, um, you know, that's the unique thing. But on the flip side of that, because you're hunting out of a kayak, you can also go out solo. Um, you know, all of our kayaks, super stable, you know, whether you're in a new canoe, a Jackson, a Bonafide, a Feel Free, whatever, like they have very stable models and a lot of these duck blinds have little trap doors built in for dogs, so you know, if you got a retriever, your dog could be in the back of the boat, hop out go retrieve your birds and come back or, if you don't it's so easy to uncover yourself out of the marsh paddle out, get your birds or if it's super shallow hop out of your kayak, walk out, grab your birds, jump back in the kayak. Whereas like going back to what I was talking about before with like a duck boat or a john boat or something like that, now you're having to uncover that big boat, get out to the birds, and get back and cover it up in a timely fashion before the next flock comes in, you know, which could be a pain in the butt. Like yeah. I've experienced that with Brad. He's got a duck boat and – you know we ran into an instance where you know he winged a bird and we had buried his boat back up in the marsh and we were hunting off land and the bird like was upside down in the water and then all of a sudden like flopped up and started swimming away so we ended up losing that bird and that's like the most horrible feeling you know like whether or not it was a lethal shot or if it was just an injury shot and she'll recuperate, like, you don't know. But, you know, as a hunter, like, I know we get frowned upon because, like, people think we're killers and things like that. But that's the last thing we want to do, you know. But it does happen. Like, it's.
2: You are the killer shiller.
1: Yeah, I know. But um, <laughs> it, says it, it right does happen. It. it does happen. Now, if we were in kayaks might not have happened because we would have been able to get that thing out and could float it in the six inches of water that Brad was struggling in to get his uh, his duck boat out of to get to that bird before it got away. So, you know, there's there's definitely pros and cons. You know what I mean? Like now you're paddling across a march. Brad uses a mud motor on his new canoe, and that thing can – ripped through three inches of water and mud and grass and whatever. Um, I know you guys just recently did an episode with Newport on Newport vessels. I got one of those coming. So um, I've been talking with Romel uh, who works for Newport and he's saying a lot of guys are having no issues going through lily pads and stuff like that. So he's like, dude, you should have no problem ripping through marsh grass. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Like, looking forward to testing that out. Um, but, um, you know, for waterfowl, that's you know, a couple things like a couple things you should definitely have is like a leash for your gun. That way, if it falls out of your kayak, like you can retrieve it and you're not going swimming in the end of November, beginning of December, looking for your shotgun at the bottom of a marsh. Um, Good parrot insulated waders when it's in those later months and the air temps and the water temps are super cold, like dry suit under those waders. Um it's a you know what, dude? I think you have a new business adventure. Camo dry suits. Dry suits, yeah. <clears throat> we should talk to NRS about that. Yeah. Get her a cut, you know get them hooked up with mossy oak
2: because i mean a lot of times when you're they're making those they're like high viz you know they're uh, they
1: got reflective and sure it's not really a
2: bad idea because that would be much safer
1: typically like you're gonna still have waders on right because those you know they got the built-in boots and things like that i do use wading boots and stocking foot uh, neoprene waders um for the colder months and then you're gonna have a hunting jacket on over the top of that, too. So, I mean, it still gets covered up.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but, yeah, that would be nice. Like an insulated dry suit camouflaged. Yeah. That's what we need. That's what we need. be like $1,500. <laughs> dry suit.
2: And then you start putting the patterns on it, and yeah. it's like, so <laughs> like Like you know, seven, eight hundred dollars for like a decent. You know, you could get some of the decent ones a little bit cheaper, but you know, you're looking around that that price point. Yeah, like, yeah. I can yeah. imagine you start slapping name brands like Mossy Oak on it, Gore-Tex, and Insulate.
1: Sure. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> well and that's that's the thing too right like you can get into it like totally cheap like like i mentioned earlier get some camouflage burlap yeah which is dirt cheap you can get it like
2: spray cans yeah cabela's bass
1: pro you know if you got a bright colored boat just make sure it overlaps your boat so you're you know like if you got like a a green boat it's like a lime green boat it's not sticking out or like like a red line bonafide like you want to you know, cover that up, but, um, it, and like I said, bring a machete, chop down some of the natural forage around you and lay that over your kayak, lay that over you. I mean, you're going to be wearing camouflage and stuff. You can go get a half dozen to a dozen decoys, you you know, with, with, uh, not yet I haven't yet. I usually use a, wear wear a face mask, but, uh, um, I've thought about the war paint um just to be silly but uh you know you can do that for sure but uh <laughs> you can get half dozen to a dozen decoys with weights and everything for a 100 bucks or less you know like um mm-hmm. and then obviously like shotgun you can use whatever like that's the thing like me and brad have been talking because i'm like dude like i use a remington 870 pump shotgun yeah and brad's like try to. Yeah, he's like, dude, you cycle that thing like a beast. And I'm like, that's the thing, man. Like, I've been thinking, like, man, I should get a semi-auto, like, shotgun for duck hunting, you know. Um, But at the same time, like, I can get three shots off in not the same time frame as him, but almost, you know. Like, you know, I've shot at birds that I've missed the first and second shot and got them on the third. Like, you know, so what's the point? You know, it's like. Like you said, that Remington eight seventy I use for uh, waterfowl. I use it for pheasants. Uh, I've used it for uh, woodcock, dove. Like it's a great all around shotgun. And I bought that thing years ago for like two hundred and fifty bucks used or something, three hundred maybe. Um, so you know, just get it get a nice used shotgun if you don't want to spend the money on a new one, you don't need the fanciest shotgun out there. Um, Read your local regs, like hunting regulations, and, you know, get the proper licenses and stuff like that. Like, I had a a conversation ago with uh, Matt Gibson, and he's like, dude, I've shot just as many ducks, over a half dozen decoys, not calling, sitting in my kayak, as I have hunting out of a duck boat with like eight dozen decoys out. Like, yeah. you know, you just gotta, you know, do your scouting. Like that's the biggest thing with anything hunting, right? Like I talked about this on, uh, I think it was mindset podcast with Chris. Cause he was talking to me about like the transition from fishing to hunting and like how my mind works and blah, 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 blah. So, hunting and fishing are real similar, you know, fishing, we go out pre fishing, you know, we're, we're scouting new water, looking for fish, things like that. It's the same thing in hunting. Like, like I said, that opening morning for Southern opener, uh, we hunted the Wisconsin river, saw a few birds flying, but nothing in range. Talked to a couple guys at the boat ramp and they're like, man, this has been like the worst opener for us ever. So on my way home, I stopped at a bunch of public land spots that I had marked on my on app and scouted them out. And I found this little wood duck hole that ducks were flying in and out of went there that night. And, uh, Brad ended up coming down and meet me and I shot two birds and Brad missed four birds. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it it was what it was. Brad was having a bad day. Let's just say that. But, um, um, I tried to give him as many opportunities as I could. And then finally I was just like, no, it's my turn, but, yeah. uh, um, it was what it was, but, um, you know, that's the biggest thing. You got to do your homework. It's the same thing with deer hunting. Like I've been scouting probably 12 to 15 different pieces of public land right now in Wisconsin, and this weekend I'm focusing on the public land in Illinois uh, because Jay and I and uh, the, the Godfather are uh, deer hunting during the rut out there. And, um, you know, you got to put in your homework if you want to be successful and you want to harvest animals like that's what you got to do. Um, you know, and I know Brad does the same thing all year long. He's watching waterfowl holes, seeing what's going in, what's going out. You know, he's a big upland bird hunter as well. So he's going out checking those areas like this year, because we've had such a drought, like some of the woodcock areas that we hunt um, are like super dried out. So they might not hold woodcock. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we've been looking and talking about some other spots for that, but um you know, that's the thing. It's, it's the same as pre-fishing. Um, you just got to do your homework. I look at maps like every freaking day, like, and analyze them. Like, where do I think the deer is going to move? Where do I think they're coming from? Same thing with waterfowl. Like I like hunting those small little creeks and, you know, marsh pockets and stuff like that. Well, what big lakes are around? Are there farm fields around that they could go feed in and then like stop at this spot before they go to their big water roof spot. Like things like that, there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, you got to think like the animal and put in your homework, do your research and start to try pattern. And, you know, these birds or, or deer, Um, you know, obviously today's technology, you got trail cameras. So um, I just, Bought my first trail camera in a long time. I don't even know if I have my old one, um, but nowadays they have cellular connections on them. Yeah, and you know when a picture is taken, it gets sent right to your phone. So, um, you know that could be super helpful. Like the trail camera I just picked up, it's by SpyPoint, hundred bucks, cellular connection. You get five hundred free photos a month. I think it is. And if you want to up that, it's like you can get unlimited photos for like fifteen bucks a month, I think it is. So if you're in a high concentrated area or you have other wildlife going by, you know, like coyotes, raccoons,
2: uh trash pandas,
1: rabbits. Dude, epic, epic trash panda story for you, dude. Uh said Monday night after work. I was in the woods on the edge of a cornfield and uh, it just stopped raining. There was this big puddle. Saw a little baby raccoon come out and take a bath in the puddle before he proceeded to walk into the cornfield. It's coolest thing to watch. And that's the thing too, right? Like people think that some people out there think that hunting's all about just killing things, right? Like that's, a tiny little fraction of the puzzle, like going back to what I was talking about earlier, like sitting in a tree stand, just enjoying nature, like watching the woods come alive in the morning and go to sleep at night. And you know, those night creatures come out like a raccoon, Mm -hmm. like so cool to watch that little thing come out, dude. It was cute as a button. I know it's your like long distance cousin, but like (laughs) came out and just like, you know, Jumped in the puddle a little bit, was playing around, came out, shook off like a dog, and then just kind of strolled the way into the cornfield to get going food, on a date. Yeah, you know? he was, yeah, like he was dude. Yeah, he was getting all fresh up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing, dude. Like, especially in fall, like you start to see some birds that you don't normally see, like in yeah. the woods, like cardinals, blue jays. Uh, it's, you can ask Jay, I'm cursed by the woodpecker, no matter where I sit in any block of woods, whether it be Wisconsin, Illinois, wherever, there's always a woodpecker, woodpecker, like two or three trees away, just knocking away and like, <laughs> dude, it just frustrates the hell out of me. But, uh, you know, that's the thing, man, like just getting outdoors and enjoying it. You know, it's just, it's the same thing with us kayak fishing, you know, like just being out on the water catching the fish is the bonus right like being out on the water you know just just being out in nature dude like i know like some people are going to be like oh schiller's a tree hugger but dude it's not necessarily that like if you've never experienced it you have to experience it at least once in your life you know whether you go and shoot an animal or not like Mm -hmm. i will like bet anybody like Go sit in the woods one night in an area that holds wildlife, and just sit up against a tree, wearing some camouflage, and just watch what happens, dude. It's it's kind of gnarly. It's cool. Or yeah. get out there at dark and watch it as the sun comes up. Like it'll be super quiet, and all of a sudden you think see the world come to life, and it, it's it's a unique experience, man. Yeah. But uh, you know, other than like waterfall hunting, like. I do use the kayak for deer hunting as well. So like this spot I'm currently focused on, like you can come in off the Creek and there's actually kayak launches. A lot of people wreck paddle this Creek. Um, and there's hunting, uh, public hunting land on both sides of it. So I may come in the backside to access that stuff, to get into bow hunt. Um, during rifle season in Wisconsin, I'm going to access some land that, Nobody really goes to, um, where deer should get pushed to, um, because everybody comes in off foot, nobody goes in off the water. So I can go launch the kayak early in the morning, uh, motor over or paddle over to the spot I'm talking about. And there's entrances on both sides of this from land and it should theoretically push the deer right to me. So you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna utilize that this year as well. Um, you know, I know Brad uh, utilizes his kayak to get to some upland bird spots. You know, when he tra- chases grouse up north, like he'll use a canoe if he's with a buddy or a kayak if he's solo, and he'll get back into some thick stuff that holds birds that you can't get to from land access. You gotta; it's only water access, so. You know, you can utilize that stuff. Um, I know New Canoe has some track mount uh, gun holders and bow holders. So if you're in another kayak, it's just a track mount system. Um, That's a great accessory to have. I got it on my kayak and I got a spare set to go on the new kayak as well. Um, You know, you put your shotgun right in this rest and there's a strap that goes over it. So it secures it in. And it's same thing for, for bow, your bow just drops right into it. You strap it in. Um, you know, if you really want to like check out some really cool stuff for, uh, kayak access deer hunting, um, check out Parker McDonald. Uh, he's got a YouTube channel called Southern ground hunting. Um, he does that a ton down in Tennessee and, uh, I think it's Alabama or Georgia. Um, he utilizes his kayak f- for all types of hunting. I think he's already got three deer down. I think he just posted another one today that mm-hmm. he shot um, in, out of his kayak, you know, getting to some public land, you know, think outside of the box. Like that's that's the biggest thing is like a lot of guys are starting to do that. Um, there's a big YouTube channel called The Hunting Public. Um, I know those guys have been using kayaks and canoes for a couple of years now. And like people are catching on to that. Like, hey, it's deer hunting is a lot of work and doing it from a canoe or a kayak, like to get back into these access points is a lot of work as well. But if you want to shoot big deer, good deer, you're not seeing deer from the road access, but there's a way to access through water, do it. And I guarantee you like your success rate is going to change. Well, I
2: mean, you even see that when you go on like river trips, like you know, like it's how many of us going down and you're looking over and there's just a deer and it's looking at you and you're looking at it, and it's like, what's happening? And then I'm like, What's happening?
1: (laughs) Well, that's the thing too, right? Like, deer gotta drink, like they need water too. So, like water sources, especially like early season. Um, you know, like I know Wisconsin, their bow season opens September 15th. Illinois is October 1st and, you know, I was, t- I've been talking to Jimmy Skinner down in Alabama and I guess they open October 15th. Um, so he's getting back into, into bow hunting this year. And uh, so he's been drilling me with some questions and uh, we got a group chat between me, Jay and Brad, like hunting chat, you know, and he's been asking a ton of questions, sending screenshots of some public land. He's looking to hunt and, you know, asking us what we think are some good areas to go sit in there. And he's kind of giving us the lay of the land, you know, which is cool. Like you today, again, with technology, Google earth maps Onyx is a great hunting app. I know there's a new one, Spartan forge. Um, there's a couple other ones, but they use satellite images. Um, they'll show you public land, private property, you know, borders, um, things like that. Um, So, you know, you're, you know, within, you know, property rights, things like that. And, um, you know, early season, them deer got to drink, man, when it's super hot, which it has been. Tonight's probably been one of the coolest nights. That's why I went out tonight before we did this is because it rained and then the temperature dropped, Um, you know, which will typically get deer up on their feet. Obviously not where I was sitting, but... (laughs) You know, like that's the thing, like, um, you know, I encourage people to try it, man. And, um, if you're already a hunter and you have a kayak and you've never utilized it for, you know, accessing, you know, some, some hunting spots, you know, maybe when you're deer hunting, you got a a goofy wind where you'll blow deer out. But if you come in through the water and come in the backside or, you know, whatever side it may be, um. And it won't bump those deer it's just going to increase your success rate so you know it's just it's another tool
2: another tool in the shed
1: there. yeah yeah i saw that when we were talking about ohio public lands yeah the
2: there's some there's some spots that i've always kind of been interested in hunting in my area that i've learned from fishing um, sure I, before i even got into kayak fishing i was walking everywhere and uh, there was some wildlife areas that, you know, that I knew were open to the public for hunting wise and stuff. And I've seen some good deer out there. I just yeah. always been, it's like, you like you said, there's always that kind of stigma around uh, public access, you know, it's like duck and duck and run. <laughs> get,
0: you know get what? In, get out, like, But,
2: but I, only- I don't know. I think though, the thing is is that more people are trying to, trophy hunt. So they're all going to take every advantage they can to get on the public or private land, you know? yeah. Yep. So yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep.
2: it's like, uh, maybe we can kind of, maybe, you know, you start checking out the public spots and you realize they're not as busy as what you thought. I don't know. I'm not a hunter, well,
1: but. And that's just it, right? Like when I'm hunting public, like if I roll up to a spot and there's somebody already back in there, I go to the next one. Like, mm-hmm it or the next parking lot or the next area and like I'll make it work. Like yeah you know or like I've had it too where we show up in the morning and there's like three other parks uh three other trucks in the parking lot. And you're yeah. like hey man where are you going? I just I don't want to sit on top of you. I don't want to you know I don't want to blow your spot up. I'm sure you don't want to blow mine up like communicate with those guys yeah or gals whatever they may be and you know, like, I've never had a bad experience. Like, you know, hunters are like fishermen, man. Like, we're all buddies. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's cool with each other. You know, just communicate, you know. I have had it, like, in did the past. Say, like, did you say anglers are cool with each other? Most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> it kidding. depends. But, uh, you know, I had a bad experience back in the day on public. Like, hiked back into this spot with my... Uh, climbing tree stand and like I'm up in this tree dude and this guy comes and like sits like 20 yards from me and like you can't like stand up and go hey dude I'm right here when you're deer hunting so like I, I threw out a couple buck grunts at him so like he knew where I was at and like he just proceeded to sit there he looked right at me and I'm like really dude like this is lame like are you freaking kidding me and at that time like I had private land access where my folks used to live and I had permission on the neighbor's property as well. So like we had a good block of timber to hunt, but you know, I've just learned, like, if you ever have that situation, just move, just get up and move. Like, don't sit there unless it's like the last like 30 minutes. Like I had that this last year I was sitting in a spot and all of a sudden some dude like just comes crashing through the woods Like didn't even shoot a deer. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? It's like the golden time of the night. And you're like cracking branches and like rummaging through the woods. I'm like, you're what the hell are you doing? Like, and I was like, whatever, I'm getting down now. Like this guy just blew this spot out. You know, it is what it is. It sucks. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is public land. It's everybody's land, just like the water. You know what I mean? It's, you know, just because you have a spot you like to fish on the lake doesn't mean another guy can't fish it. Right. Um, But if you, you know, make conversations with that other angler, hey, man, like, I'm here, I'm in a tournament, you know, like, I'm fishing for some money, Mind packing off a little bit. As soon as I'm out of here, it's all yours. And nine times out of ten, that other person is going to be like, yeah, no problem, dude, and roll out. So, you know, that's the big thing is, like, you know, try to get off the beaten path. Sometimes, like, spots get super overlooked that are close to the parking lot, too. Like, my big buck I shot last year, actually two deer I shot last year, were in the exact same spot, 50 yards, 60 yards from the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Because on this particular piece, everybody thinks that they have to go way back in. And everybody looked over this whole spot that was all rubbed up by bucks. It was during the rut and shot two deer right there and it was a nice short drag to the pick to the truck and uh it was great but oh yeah you know be cognizant of that man you know rifle season in wisconsin that's the wild west that's when you (laughs) got to be careful like seriously i did that for the first time last year and like i thought i was going to die um but i made it through and, uh, I'll probably do it again this year, but you know, you just conscious of what's going on around you and just, you know, watch out and, you know, wear orange, wear orange, be safe, be seen by other hunters. Like, don't like hide, you know, away, you know, it is what it is. Like with a rifle, you can reach out and touch somebody, but with a bow, you know, like typically you're having those deer, want those deer 30 yards or shorter depending on what you feel comfortable shooting at and um you know a little different same thing in the marsh man like you know we'll show up there's other guys in the parking lot hey which way you guys heading like we don't want to set up over the top of you you know because then like you're trying to call ducks and this guy's calling ducks and it's it's confusing to the ducks it doesn't work you know so you know just communicate when you're hunting the public land and I'm telling you, man, like there's great deer shot on both public and private land every single year. Um, me personally, like I'm a meat hunter, like I'll shoot a doe. You know, I posted that one I shot the other day and uh, Dwayne Wally from Tourney actually commented on the photo. He's like, I thought I was the only one that shot those. And I'm like, no way, dude. Dough <laughs> meat is so tender and delicious. Like I'm filling my freezer, bro. Like, yeah. you know. I feed my family with this stuff, but you know, don't get me wrong. Like I'm all about shooting big bucks too. Um, you know, I will avoid shooting a small, like little six pointer or spike or something like that. You know, I like to see those deer get bigger. You know, I usually try to shoot a three year old or older, um, you know, nice eight to 10 point, you know, bucks, but you know, it's to each their own. Like I told Jay, like, He hasn't shot a buck yet, and I'm like, dude, shoot the first buck that walks in front of you, whether it's a fork, six-pointer, or a giant ten-pointer. Like, who cares, dude? Like, the trophy is in the eye of the beholder. You know what I mean? Like, I've experienced it. Like, I've led a lot of small deer walk, like, on the old private land and even on public land, Um, you know. And I've shot some really big deer. And if you're new to hunting, I recommend you shoot as many deer as possible um, before a big buck walks in front of you. Because it's called buck fever, man. Your adrenaline starts pumping. Like, your brain doesn't function 100%. Like, it's a very unique experience. And you could really botch that up if you don't have the experience of shooting deer, like, I mean, your heart is beating in your throat and like um, a lot of people call it target panic Um, and they'll freak out and they'll butcher a shot and injure a deer. Um, So get practicing. And that's one thing too, like as far as bow hunting goes, shoot your bow as much as possible. Um, Always practice your craft. Same thing with rifle. Every year you should go shoot your gun, make sure you're sighted in, you're good to go. Uh, shotgun, like Jay and I go shoot trap and skeet occasionally um, to make sure, you know, we're swinging on birds, right? You know, um, that's a good way to practice for upland hunting, duck hunting, you know, all that good stuff. So just practice using, you know, whatever weapon you choose to use. Um and, and just hone that craft, and you owe it to the animal, uh, you know, to put it down in a very fast, humane way. So,
2: dude, appreciate all the information. Do you have <laughs> one of your calls with you? You want to sign uh, us up with a no. call? Oh, oh, I don't really? I
1: don't you should have, you should have told me, dude. I would have brought a duck call up here or my butt. Day, I
2: think you were sitting <laughs> on the toilet doing duck calls. So
1: no, I was driving in my truck. No, I was driving kidding. in my truck. I always practice my duck calls because I'm not that great at duck calling. I just started toying around with it end of last season. So like when I'm driving around, I'll practice quacking. All right. You can well, do Brian... the old the old uh the the dough bleat. Just yeah, turn
2: around the turnaround.
1: Yeah. The grunt is
2: (laughs) oh dude, I appreciate you coming on talking with us about this, man. Uh anything else you wanted to add?
1: Yeah, I just like I said, man, uh anybody that's interested in it, get out there, do it, find a mentor. Like, feel free to reach out to me with any questions. I know Brad, Hurlboss, is the same way. I'm paddling Finn. Um you know, we love helping people out and, you know, love getting people involved in in the hunting side of things. The more, you know, it's kind of one of those things like technology got popular and, you know, these old traditions that man has been doing for thousands of years um, is starting to fade away. And there's a lot of money that comes in to conservation, both for for the woods and the water through hunters so mm-hmm. you know um it, just it's wait, a,
2: just we'll just wait till everybody starts smacking deers with their car you know yeah, right, car. right. And they're like oh yeah well, well we might need these guys that <laughs> you know, that's like, that's a whole
1: wormhole my bushes my like, bushes are all gone because the deer can't eat them all over that me. that's a big wormhole too and there's like a lot of A lot of conspiracy theories behind like cwd which is chronic wasting disease and things like that like the deer populations were getting big because there wasn't as many people in the woods hunting so like dnr programs were setting up sharpshooter programs where they would bait deer which is how cwd is spread through the transfer of saliva between deer and they were sitting there with you know uh sniper rifles like picking deer off and then they were feeding them to like the zoos or i've heard stories of them just like freaking burying them out in a field like things like that you know it's like um if you want some some dude to be sitting in a ground blind drinking bush lattes over a bait pile picking off your deer you know don't hunt but if you want to you know be able to feed your family and friends. Like, I don't know, man, it's some of the cleanest, purest meat out there, you know, same thing with elk and, you know, all kinds of stuff, like wherever you are in the country, like, you know, that's one of the things that really got me into hunting was, you know, my mentor, Scott Purs he got heavy into hunting and fishing because his wife got breast cancer and she's been in remission for years. But, When she had it and she was going through chemo treatments and stuff like that, you know, one of the questions they had is like, what should she eat? What should she not eat? Things like that. And the doctor straight up told her, go eat as much wild game as possible because all your beef, chickens, you know, pork that you get in the grocery store is injected full of hormones, antibiotics, things like that, that affect that stuff. You know, wild game is some of the cleanest, purest meat that you can get to this day. Because unless you're going straight to a you know organic beef farm, which you're paying eight million dollars a pound for, you know, like go out and hunt, man. Like, like I yeah. said, I I try to harvest two to three deer a year for my family, and we literally just ran out of ground venison and steaks and stuff uh, this past weekend. And that's because I was trying to make room for the freezer. Still got six pounds of some Italian sausage that I had made up last year. But um, more to me, it's in bulk. It's not too form. <laughs> but uh, but you know that fed my family, and you know we've had barbecues and stuff like that, um, all year long, all year long. I mean, granted, we'll still eat beef and chicken and all, pork it's not and all as that much. stuff. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I
2: tried to buy. I was gonna buy some bison the other day, and I was like, "What? How much?" That's for, that's for
1: a... yeah, that's one hunt I wanted to up in uh, South Dakota, mm-hmm. but it's not cheap. It's like yeah. it's like four G's, but that meat ooh, is a lot. It's yeah. a lot of meat. So and it's expensive, but, but like, it's it, so pricey. It's, it's so good though, dude. It's good so good. You. Yeah, yeah
2: all right man well thanks again for uh jumping on the final cast for this week and uh if anybody has any questions always feel free to reach out to brian or brad or uh yeah or even jay and i'm sure they'll be more I happy don't know about, too i
1: don't know about jay but i guess you can uh, try
2: that. I mean, just talk to him let's have <laughs> just
1: jay. make him feel special make yeah. him feel special
2: our residential field expert jay randall <laughs> but everybody thanks again for listening and uh tune in next week and we'll uh talk to you later
1: see you later thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on paddle and fin